It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, Hoops Heads. Welcome to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Thursday, March 8th. I'm your host, Aliko Carter. Thanks for joining me today. Great game, hopefully, against the Spurs tonight at home at Oracle Arena for the Golden State Warriors. And we're going to talk all about that in the first segment. We're going to talk about the Spurs, how they've been playing lately. We're going to talk about Kawhi Leonard, how he's committed, recommitted, excuse me, to the Spurs. Uh, You know, I mean, not that he was ever not committed, uh, but, you know, the the media circus swirling around the the Spurs organization showed that there was a little bit of uh, separation between Kawhi's camp and and the Spurs over uh, his injury, his quad injury. In the second segment, we're going to go back in time. To 2013, when the Warriors played the Spurs in the second round of the playoffs, great series, six-game series. Stephen Curry was great. If you recall, there was that one game, double overtime, or was it double overtime? I can't recall. Where Harrison Barnes completely missed his defensive assignment, and uh, Manu Ginobili won the game on a wide-open three from a cross-court pass. It happens, Uh, and I'm sure that... Harrison has never forgotten about that moment. I know I haven't. And then in the third segment, we're going to talk about some teams that I haven't been focused on. The New Orleans Pelicans and the Indiana Pacers. Two teams flying under the radar in their respective playoff races. And two teams who you might not want to play in the first round if you're a high seed. New listeners, I appreciate you. You can get this podcast anywhere podcasts are available. That's iOS, Google Play. Spotify, iTunes, and LockedOnWarriors.com. Make sure you bookmark that page. You can also follow us on Facebook. Go to Locked On Dubs on Facebook and hit that like button. Also, Locked On NBA Net, where you can get information on all 30 teams. The Locked On NBA podcast is a bite-sized morsel of goodness every single day. Make sure you listen. It's the biggest stories with the local experts. You can also catch my work on Forbes.com. I write at the intersection of sports, business, and community impacts. And I write a lot about the Warriors. You can get in touch with me via Twitter at Kojitare, K-O-G-I-T-A-R-E, or at LockedOnDubs. I tweet from both accounts, or via email at AlikoCarter11 at gmail.com. That's A-L-I-K-O-Carter11 at gmail. Now, without further ado, let's talk Spurs. I wouldn't call it a tailspin, but the Spurs have not been extremely good over the last month or so. They won their last game against the Memphis Grizzlies on Monday, and they're on two full days rest. So uh, they're still going to be formidable. But that game was 100-98, to very close, took a lot of energy out of both teams. 
But since the beginning of February, the Spurs are 3-8. and eight. That's not very Spursian, and we're going to get into their statistics a little bit as well. Now, the Spurs have had a pretty tough schedule since the beginning of February. They've had to play the Rockets, the Jazz. They lost to both of those teams. They lost to the Golden State Warriors back on Saturday, February 10th on ABC. They lost to the Jazz again. They played the Nuggets in an away-and-away weird situation in which the NBA scheduled a game at the Nuggets for the Spurs on either side of the All-Star break. So they lost to the Nuggets on February 13th, and they lost to the Nuggets on February 23rd. They beat the Cavaliers, walloped them actually, 110-94, to before losing to the Pelicans. It's just, it's been a gauntlet for them. They play the Warriors tonight, and then the Oklahoma City Thunder on Saturday before uh, facing the Rockets in Houston again on Monday. Really tough schedule for San Antonio, honestly. Uh, Just... Uh, the opposite of what the Warriors have to deal with. The Warriors went through their tough stretch back in January, and the Spurs, you know, they they haven't been up to the task uh, so far. It's been tough for them. They're shooting 47% from the field overall since February 1st, but only 31.6% from three, and they're taking 24 and a half threes a game. They're not shy about taking the three-point shot, uh, but they haven't been dropping and the war that's you know that's good for the warriors if we keep the intensity up running these guys off the line guys like Patty Meal Patty Mills and Danny Green even LaMarcus can get out there and take those three point shots which should end up with a good result for the warriors and i don't want to say that the that the spurs have been you know playing badly over this stretch it's not really true they're averaging 8 steals and 6 blocks the principles of their defense are sound they're forcing turnovers And they're scoring 109 points a game, which is more than you would expect a Spurs team to score, even a Spurs team in this new era. However, opponents are also shooting 47% against the Spurs since February 1st, and a much better percentage from three, 35% right at that league average. The Spurs are neck and neck with their opponents as far as rebounding at 43 a game, and opponents are scoring 108 and a half points per game since February 1st. That is very little separation. The The Spurs have basically been on the wrong side of a number of those games. And that's why they're 3-8 and eight in their last 11. No Pau Gasol tonight for the fifth place. Spurs Gasol is dealing with a shoulder injury. Rudy Gay blew out his left eardrum. That sounds really, really painful. But he's expected to play. And then, of course, Kawhi Leonard held out of action while recovering from tendinopathy in his right quadriceps, targeting a return for the end of March. If he comes back by March 19th, the Warriors will face the Spurs on March 19th at full strength. But we'll see. It's been a saga with Kawhi. They're taking their time. And, you know, end of March, I think, really means end of March. So I'm not sure that the Warriors will see the Spurs at full strength this season. And it might wait until the playoffs unless, you know, they're, they're, in, the fifth, they're in the fifth spot right now and the Warriors are in the second spot. So, it, you know, if the seeds will out, wouldn't face the Spurs until the conference finals. They'd have to face the Rockets. Spurs versus Rockets. I really hope that the Spurs execute the Rockets to death if they do end up meeting in the second round. For the Warriors tonight, Jordan Bell, right ankle sprain. He's out. Andre Iguodala, doubtful 
left wrist sprain. Patrick McCaw is still dealing with his left wrist fracture. And David West has a cyst on his right arm, not expected to suit up. The Warriors are banged up. They have all sorts of little injuries. Obviously, Stephen Curry still nursing that ankle injury that he re-aggravated a few games back, but he's going to play. Draymond Green has back issues. And they're just little tweaks, you know, all across the roster. Uh, I'd expect Kevon Looney to get a lot of playing time tonight. So look for good minutes from Kavan. This game is at 7.30 tonight, and it'll be on TNT. So enjoy. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy, golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Cisco. Modern Modernization Today has the products you need to modernize your workplace, like Wi-Fi booster crystals. Let their metaphysical powers enhance connectivity and spiritually awaken your Internet of Things. At CDW, we get crystals won't modernize your network. You need Cisco Catalyst access points that are Wi-Fi 6 compatible and can help you improve reliability, increase capacity, and reduce latency. Cisco and IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash Cisco. We're back, and we're looking at Spurs versus Warriors from the second round of the playoffs in 2013. It's Throwback Thursday. The Warriors were a different team back then. They were coached by Mark Jackson, prizing defense and running an offense that really relied heavily on magicianry from Stephen Curry and a lot more isos than what we're used to now. David Lee was a big part of what we were doing back then, but he only played in four games. He was dealing with an injury at the time, so the Warriors had to, you know, they had to Mix it up a little bit. And, of course, Stephen Curry re-aggravated his ankle injury in the second round. It was never the same. But he averaged 43 minutes a game, taking 21 shots a game. They forced him into 40% shooting, but he was taking nine threes a game. So it was one of those pre-Steph, Steph kind of performances. You know, pre-the Steph we know and love, the MVP Steph. Uh, but he was starting to touch that rarefied air. He also assisted the ball 6.8 times a game, turned it over 3.3. That assist-to-turnover ratio could be better. And he swiped 1.2 steals. Andrew Bogut was a big part of what the Warriors were doing. Draymond Green was only playing 20 minutes a game. This was, as you recall, his rookie season was also Harrison Barnes' rookie season. He played 41.2 minutes a game. Mark Jackson had a ton of faith in Harrison Barnes, except when Andre Iguodala came back and he forced Harrison Barnes to the bench in 2013-2014. And, you know, that faith, go out there, young fella, and make things happen, uh, he was just not ready. Barnes was not ready. And he wasn't ready for this series. He wasn't ready uh, in that... You know, game two in San Antonio that the Warriors, or game one, excuse me, uh, that the Warriors had in the bag. 
They were up by 16 with eight minutes to go in that game, and then it ended up going to overtime. Harrison Barnes made the mistake of leaving Manu Ginobili open across court, and the Warriors lost that game. And, 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 and then they came back and they won in San Antonio in game two, and that exorcised some demons. But that game could have been the difference in the series. Some blasts from the past. Carl Landry played in all six games, 20 minutes a game. Carl Landry was good for the Warriors, if you recall, and one of our most reliable guys from the stripe. Kent Bazemore, Jarrett Jack on this team, Festus Azili. Richard Jefferson, what an asshole. He played for the Warriors and then joined the Cleveland Cavaliers and decided he did not want to be nice to the Warriors. And, you know, I just don't get that guy. Uh, he had a good year. I, I don't I don't understand what that was all about, but it was a much different team. Andres Biedrin's still on the team before we jettisoned him and, uh, you know, got Andre Iguodala back in the next season. In this series, six-game series, the Warriors shot 43% and 37% from three. They rebounded the ball extremely well. Obviously, Andrew Bogut was a big part of that, but they rebounded by committee 49 rebounds a game. They were only assisting 20 times a game. It's a different Warriors team than what we're used to, but they only turned the ball over 14 times a game. So this was a disciplined team that just didn't have all the pieces together yet, including and starting with the coach. But the talent was there. The belief was there. They held the Spurs to 44% shooting and 36% from three. And the Spurs only shot 73% from the line. They out-rebounded the Spurs by five per game. But of course, those stats are skewed in wins and losses. In the two wins, the Warriors held the Spurs to 37% shooting in the four losses. The Spurs shot 47.6%. In the two wins, 25% shooting from three for the Spurs in the four losses that the Warriors incurred during that series, 42% from three. But this series and the series before it against the Nuggets really ignited for the Warriors a belief that they could go and be amazing. And I think that's what Mark Jackson did better than anything was rally the troops and encourage them. And I think, in like I've said in the past, he was the right coach for the right time. Those three years, he built Stephen Curry up uh, mentally. Stephen Curry had all the gifts, but he needed that mental edge and I think Mark Jackson really connected with him uh, before they disconnected. And he gave him that kind of encouragement that he was really looking for uh, to go and be Steph, to be amazing. And 2012-2013 was the first year that we saw that Steph. That was the year he scored 54 points in Madison Square Garden. After being snubbed from the All-Star team, David Lee, of course, made the All-Star team that year and then wasn't really a factor in the playoffs. So, you know, it was a changing of the guard that was beginning. You know, David Lee, Stephen Curry, co-captains of that team. Uh, David Lee, interesting stat for David Lee, he was the most blocked player uh, that, that season. He led the league in blocks that ended up in the hands of the other team. Not a great stat to lead the league in. Miss David Lee sometimes, but um, but 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 you know I I don't. Also, the Spurs survived the Warriors. Went on to the finals that year, and lost in seven games to LeBron's Miami Heat. If you recall, that was the Ray Allen 
crazy, crazy offensive rebound from Chris Bosh into the motion. Oh, my God. Now I want to watch those highlights. That uh, was one of the most amazing shots that I've ever seen in my life, Ray Allen. In game six of the finals, making one of the biggest shots of his career and solidifying LeBron as the greatest player of the generation. People forget LeBron was about to lose that finals. He was about to lose two out of three finals in Miami if it weren't for Ray Allen and Chris Bosh. And the Spurs were poised to take them, and, and the Spurs got even better next year. They got even more offensive. They kept their defensive intensity, and they beat the Heat in five games in the finals. Kawhi Leonard was the finals MVP. Great series. I was able to go to one of those games against the Spurs back in the day. I believe it. I went to game six, which we lost. Obviously, we lost in six games, um, but it was just it was just fun to watch. And, and uh, it was nice for the Warriors to exercise some of those demons playing in San Antonio. Tons of demons. Decade. Decade plus of demons. So uh, it was really a coming out party for the Warriors. And then, of course, the next season they lost in the first round uh, and the next season they won it all. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash watsonassistant to learn more. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Now I want to talk to you about sponsoring the Locked On Warriors podcast. Locked On Warriors is listened to by a connected male audience. 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. If that's your target demographic, and it's a lot of tough companies' target demographic, you want to be sponsoring the Locked On Warriors podcast. Podcasts are hot right now, and it's where smart advertisers are going to get their products to the people. Our rates are extremely reasonable, so get in touch with me, alicocarter 11 at gmail.com, and I'll give you all the details. Now let's talk about the New Orleans Pelicans, 10-0 in their last 10, scoring 125 points per game, shooting 49% and 38% from three, 80% from the line. They're out-rebounding their opponents, posting nearly 50 rebounds a game, and assisting the ball 28.7 times. That's an Alvin Gentry offense. Egalitarian, beautiful, running it through Anthony Davis, who's talented, talented individual knows how to pass and score. They're only thir- turning the ball over 13 times a game. They're stealing, they're blocking, and they're winning. The streak started with a 2 OT victory at Brooklyn. They've beaten the Pistons, the Heat, the Bucks, the Spurs, the Clippers, and a few bad teams sprinkled in there. They face the Wizards tomorrow. Should be a good game. John Wall should be returning shortly. I'll have to check in on that. 
looks like the end of March for him. Let's talk about Anthony Davis, though. This guy. This guy. Taking 25 shots a game, shooting 54% in the 10-game winning streak and 44% from three on three-and-a-half attempts. He's also taking nine attempts from the stripe and making 86% of them. He's grabbing almost 14 rebounds a game. Not assisting the ball a ton, but that's what Drew Holiday is for. Eight and a half assists per game for Drew Holiday over this stretch. And 9.6 for Rajon Rondo, who seems to have found his spot late in his career. Davis is scoring 36 points a game. That leads the league over this stretch. He's also averaging six stocks, six, three steals, and three blocks over the course of a season. Wow, that would be insane. Over the course of a season, that's how you win Defensive Player of the Year. And I'm surprised AD doesn't have a DPOY yet, uh, but he is a huge, huge rebounding, blocking, stealing machine. And... You know, James Harden's going to win the MVP, obviously, but Anthony Davis is the MVP of the post-All-Star break portion of the season so far, and we'll see if he can continue this torrid stretch. It's hard to score 36 points a game in the NBA. It's hard to take 25 shots a game every single night, but without DeMarcus Cousins, that's what they have to do. Everybody is playing well, though. Etwan Moore, 10 points a game. Drew Holiday playing extremely well, 25 points a game and 8.5 rebounds, uh, excuse me, assists. So what we're looking at is a team coalescing and be becoming better than the sum of its parts. Nikola Miritich, new addition, averaging 17 points a game on 45% shooting, only 35% from three over this stretch, but threes are worth more than twos. So uh, he's fitting right in. He's also rebounding the ball extremely well. The team is rebounding the wall, the ball extremely well. Can we talk about Emeka Okafor making his return to the NBA, playing for the Pelicans? He's got a history with that franchise. And, you know, he's only getting 16 minutes a game, but he's shooting 51%. He's grabbing rebounds, 5.8 rebounds in 16 minutes. Extended over 36 minutes is a great rate. The Warriors next play the New Orleans Pelicans on April 7th. Haven't played them since DeMarcus Cousins went down. It's a new team. It's going to be an interesting experience. Looking forward to that game. Now, transitioning to the Indiana Pacers. The Warriors play the Pacers twice in the last uh, 17 or so games, and I haven't focused on the Pacers at all. They just got walloped by Utah, dropping them to 37-28. and 28. They're still nine games over 500, and who's even on this team that they deserve to be nine games over 500, am I right? I mean, you know, I'm just kidding. Another example of a team that has become better than the sum of its parts. Led by Victor Oladipo, the newly minted All-Star is scoring 24 points a game, and he's backed up by Bojan Bogdanovic, Miles Turner, Darren Collison, who's injured right now, Damanis Sabonis, Thad Young, Lance Stevenson, all scoring at or near double figures. It's very, very egalitarian. Nate McMillan has everybody contributing. They don't shoot that many three-pointers. They play at a slowish pace, and they are hyper-efficient from inside of the three-point line. 
They're 7-3 in their last 10 with a four-game winning streak and a three-game winning streak. They've beaten the Celtics. They've beaten the Milwaukee Bucks, the Washington Wizards. But they've got a tough schedule to end out the season. They face the Celtics at Boston. They face the 76ers at Philly. They face the Wizards at Washington. They face the aforementioned Pelicans at New Orleans. They face the Warriors at Golden State. They face the Clippers at Los Angeles. And they face the Nuggets at Mile High. So this is when we see what the Indiana Pacers are made of. Are they going to keep their position in the Eastern Conference playoff race? Or are they going to fizzle out? That's what we're looking for. That's about as much time as I have today. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. I'm not sure if I'm going to have Miles Johnson on the show yet. Uh, He last week had some day job shit that he had to deal with and uh you know he's been really busy but hopefully i can get him on the show we're gonna do a recap of the game against the spurs we're going to go down the reddit hole and then we're going to do a preview of saturday night's matchup against portland make sure you tune in for that and stay thoughtful hoops heads Hey, Bay Area sports fans, this is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked On Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.